1: No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi there, I'm Brian Urbana and you're listening to the Mall Over Codpoth. Cod- 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 Cod. uh, hello and welcome to this week's edition of the Mall Over Podcast, the only Roper Podcast that gives you a news, views and opinion on the weekend's rugby action all with fifty percent of a West Country accent. You can find us on Twitter. We are at Molly's Podcast and Molly's Rugby Podcast on Facebook. Um, you may remember a couple of weeks ago we had a little four-ball, little reunion number. Um, but ever since we've were, we've lost the World Cup semi-final. There's been a World Cup final, um, and one of our rugby brethren appears to have, you know, got a bit rogue. So this evening, myself and the lensman uh here to to have a bit of a chat and we'll pass you through a a roller coaster of rugby emotion and uh we'll see where it takes us evening doug how
0: are you Uh, hello mate hello um yeah this this um this eddie stevens cat needs to shut his mouth doesn't he
1: it's it's funny i've you know
0: been one too many gym biscuits got a bit larry.
1: <laughs> I took a little bit of a break from rugby round the I won't lie. Um, in fact, I took a, a break from rugby podcasts in general, including ours. And I, I took a listen. I took a listen to Eddie's Eddie's today. Um, the most surprising thing was he talked about having a job. That, that, that shocked me. Yeah, I'm not buying it. No, I'm not buying I mean, it. He, he's presented to be a comedian unless basketball. his
0: job's standing on corners talking bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> about red and yellow cards.
1: Well, let, let's get let's get into that, shall we? Let, Before we before we talk about England and we can we can do a bit of a, a World Cup wrap up on England and where they go from here um, after we've chatted about the final. Um, but the final started well with a card, pretty much, and and a miraculous injury recovery, magic shit box of a substitution from from South Africa.
0: Yeah, um, most of what I'm going to say is going to be directed at our rugby brethren, right? Right. Who, across the pond, who's giving it, given it the big one about his wildly all-over-the-map take on the regulation of rugby union and uh, how it affects certain games. And what I'd say is that, that the start of that um, World Cup final was... It was all sort of set up to be a really a really great spectacle. And and the first ten minutes were really good. It wasn't even that, was it? It was two and a half no, minutes. It was
1: it was, was it was less than, two a half, less than two I think minutes. I
0: text the group to say there's two and a half minutes in and we've already got Ben Kay crying about cards need to be given. I, um
1: I can't understand that card. He fell onto his leg. How many how many rucks are there in a game? where people fall on top of other people makes no sense to me
0: that is the culmination of I'd say seven or eight years of social media um, lunacy where things that happen that are obvious and clear with detrimental effects to players or, or the health of players are often refereed and sanctioned more aggressively than really, really dangerous shit that goes on. Right. Can so, see, can, can my case in point, and the first. People. Say again.
1: I was going to say, can we blame Ben Ryan directly for this yellow card?
0: You can blame Ben Ryan. You can blame that whatever that fucking neck-bearded prick is in Wales that thinks he's so much special. You can br- you can blame. um any number of people that that right who was it was it peters that wrote about sam kane that he was that was a flagrant and shocking display of
1: he basically called it he called it an atrocity he was he was one step away from comparing it to um things
0: going on in gaza (laughs) (laughs) i mean it, it it's just crazy that Oak who slightly missed times a tackle in a in a game and we had the, we had the same conversation with with um Phil and he's not here either. he's a lanky prick and he um <laughs> th- thinks he's rod stewart because he's got a hole in his kitchen honestly <laughs> um <laughs> talking about how sam kane could have controlled that there was happening a, like a quarter of a second and sam kane's off but we'll get to that the, the, the first card has been reffed entirely on outcome. That ruck wouldn't have been looked at if it, and Benambi hadn't been on the floor rolling around like he'd ruptured every... like his leg was hanging on by the skin. Nothing would have happened. Correct. And then, like, three, four phases later, you've got Ebenezer Beth going into the contact, basically forearm chopping someone in the mush, and nobody bats an eyelid. Now... Running into someone, extending your forearm and basically elbowing them in the face is a calculated act that you have to you have, to have considered before you do it when you're a ball carrier, right? Yep. You have to consider that I'm going to run into this bloke and I'm going to elbow him in the fucking face and if he gets in the way, I'm lucky. If you're trying to move someone out of a ruck and you fall on their knee in a slightly bad and it causes an injury. These two things aren't comparable. In the same way that Edzabeth's leading with his elbow, which Eddie thinks is just all right. I mean, I think it's all no, right. I personally don't think it's all right, but Old Shed Boy thinks that you know he, all he wants to do is be consistent. Well, be consistent, Ed. Like, is it all right to forearm people in the face, but not all right to slightly miss time a tackle? Uh, when somebody's running at you, an international standard athlete is running and changing direction. You're meant to be able to consider your body position and, and manipulate it in a way that, that isn't dangerous. Um, had Etzebeth Had had the guy who El- Etzebev elbowed in the face, gone down, clutched his jaw and the TMO goes back to it, Etzebev's off. But then the key so the, Wasn't the that guy, Sam Kane as well? Potentially, but... For me, that's, that, that is a more egregious act than any of the cards that were given. But we've just got, to, got ourselves into a position where rugby is completely refereed on outcome because of the optics. And this is what we've been saying for years on this pod. Like, it is more about what is seen to be happening than what is actually happening. Yeah. And in a World Cup final, at the pinnacle of the sport, that is absolutely pathetic. Ab- and, it, and and Russ, it led to me turning the World Cup final off and watching in darts.
1: Wow. Wow. Can we can I mention very quickly, um, can I comment on why Tom Foley was off to a funeral directly after the World Cup well, final? Yeah,
0: yeah. Um, well, because it was the death of um any sanity in rugby. The the last shred of sanity in rugby had gone after that. I mean, we're now in New Zealanders onto a pitch with a fucking spear to do the hacker. Now, I mean, how long is it until they have to, you know, they have a ritual sacrifice of an opposition player because of respect? You know what I mean? It's like, what what are we doing here? I do, I do
1: find it. I do find it funny. I'd love. I'd love England. I think I may have said this before. I'd love England to come out and do some kind of Morris dance. Yeah. Or <laughs> every team, every team has to do um, some sort of dance.
0: The of absolute their, of their national clarity—the absolute lunacy of the fact that whoever these guys are waving a spear at and shouting at have got to stand there and take it up the arse dry, yeah, without being able to respond—is lunacy. The crowd give, the- give me Phil Green getting in someone's face. You know what I mean? I don't understand why they're allowed to do it. People
1: wipe themselves over the crowd booing it, or like you say, Phil yeah. Green getting right in their face, or people doing the fucking flying V, or you know, yeah. or other different. Let me tell you,
0: if a bunch of Maoris came at Kent and stood on the White Cliffs of Dover going, right, come on lads we're going to have a big scrap now Kent ain't standing there and going, ah oh, respect them lads while they're doing this No, they're kicking them back into the fucking channel
1: <laughs> Drop kicking them, probably Exactly With their Nonsense. with everybody classic, Classics
0: on no, it's, no wonder, it's no wonder the Brits went over there and absolutely annihilated them, isn't it? The... <laughs>
1: <laughs> i mean there's a lot to be said <laughs> for colonialism
0: they're all um, they're all there giving it the dance like oh, don't worry lads they're not going to shoot us we're doing our dance
1: <laughs> oh shit we've just lost lost half our troops.
0: but what's happening why are they killing us <laughs> you meant to respect us lads the
1: the biggest alpha move you could see is if they if they were doing the hacker and the irish just brought on michael flatley just yeah. pump, pump, pumping out yeah. some river dance. Just, just thirty seconds of river dance, right? See how yeah. you like it. And no one's allowed to. Poo. As long as it's
0: not that yeah. fucking Christmas song that the Pogues so. <laughs> say.
1: That's true. That's true. Um, going back, going back to the, the World Cup final though, um, there was a couple of things that that bothered me. Of outside, of, outside of the cards, I mean, we can talk about the, the Sam Kane card and um, see a Khaleesi's face. See a Khaleesi's face. That annoys me. He's—you uh, can't say that, mate, because some people will deem that as as racist, even though it's just a face, um, a face that came into contact with somebody else's face, but was clearly deemed not yeah. equal as uh, as equal measure. Um,
0: yeah, oh, because you know, it's, you know South Africa are having a hard time, so we can't send them off.
1: He going back to um, funeral for a friend, uh, Tom Foley. Can you explain to me how we managed to go back about six phases to disallow a try for a knock on?
0: Um, because the TMOs aren't regulated. There is no process. There's absolutely this is the 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 insane thing. There was there was one decision that was made where somebody called a knock on and Wayne Barnes obviously had it come through in his earpiece and he just shouted no 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 like that and played on. Good. I'm all for that. I don't. The problem you've got there is that refereeing crew. Foley, Carl, unbelievably, Carl Dixon, who I don't know, like the David Brent of referees. He must have some pictures
1: of um, Augustine picture. Oh, but he was a player, last, so he knows. Yeah. Um,
0: so was Glenn Jackson, and he was
1: shit referee. And who that.
0: was the other? Bloke on the the other touchline
1: line. Uh, Bre- uh, wasn't Brace, was it? Brace in England on the touch. Uh,
0: it was another English bloke, wasn't it? Carly.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, Matt Carly.
0: What are those three blokes all got in common?
1: Well, they're all shit referees.
0: They all love a bit of them, don't they?
1: They've all like got. Carl, an Dixon and,
0: Carl Dixon and Fo- and 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 um, Carly, Carly. ain't going to stand on those touch lines and be quiet, are they?
1: No, you know what they've got? They've got what I like to call the Steve Walsh syndrome. Now, Steve Walsh yeah. was the original. Ah, I'm what I'm on the big screen, mate.
0: Yeah, you can see Cut Foley and Dick, uh, Carly and Dixon. When when there's a decision, they're looking up at the screen every time they're on it. It's madness. I I don't know how these. I don't know how the game's going to get out of this situation. But there's got to be some kind of Formal regulation put in as to what the TMO can and can't get involved in. Well, I thought because there was. was getting involved. Foley was getting involved in fucking knock ons.
1: Yeah, he'd be had a suit on, mate. He had a suit on his mum. His mum obviously said, Look, have you got your best suit on, Tom? You might get on the <laughs> telly.
0: Have you, have you done your hair? Carl Dixon's done his hair. He's got a lovely little side <laughs> part you, in you now. Fucking he?
1: Guarantee that Carl Dixon's done his hair, probably with Wayne Barnes's spunk. I mean, I don't know if I could say that. I I I respect Wayne Barnes, so it wouldn't you know he wouldn't have missed. Well, I
0: think he was massively undermined for that whole eighty minutes. He was just, it was like he couldn't referee the game. It was like he had he had four blokes who wanted to be centre of attention.
1: Yeah, and ironically, a little bit of the the best one of the lot was stuck not really doing anything,
0: doing subs. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Ironically, it's almost like barnes's fault for not saying to the tmos and the and the ars like i'll make the decisions if i need you i'll ask you but there 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 is no process there's there's no process there's nothing that says the tmo can't intervene in in any situation they want to they can do acts with complete um carte blanche you know you look you look at Look at the NFL, and they're only allowed to intervene in certain situations, turnovers, yeah. touchdowns, All score. They're not, and reviewed, to, yeah. they're not allowed to get involved in holding calls or yeah. you know, the minutiae of the game is, is left to the referees. And and if you've got a situation where you're supposedly having the best available referee in the final, then they should be refereeing it, not not some bloke in a suit in a in a shipping container.
1: That's correct, and and a bloke, a, a shit bloke in a shit suit in a shit shipping container who isn't good enough to be I, one of the actual. I, I'd like to
0: think. I'd like to think I'll look back on that in years to come and just go, "That was an absolute shambles. We completely over refereed that game."
1: Hundred mm. percent. Do you see Barnsley's face when when he when he found out that the bunker review yeah. he called Sia and um. Uh, Adi Severo over didn't he? Because he took over as captain, he went, and, and you just you, you heard him come through bunker, bunker review, um, upgraded to red card, and he just went. Oh, you just saw his face because he yeah. knew at that point he was like the game was. I mean, the game wasn't fucked as it transpired.
0: But Tom, but Tom his, not the bunker, he, he's not the bunker guy though, is he? No,
1: he isn't the bunker guy. No, that was out of all of their hands by this faceless clandestine. um Cloaked crew, probably sat in Cape Town somewhere. um yeah. You know, holding people's direct line of them.
0: communication to Razi. Fucking does what he wants, miss.
1: <laughs> he is a fucking wand, not he? It,
0: it's frustrating because I, I don't think everyone on Lord this South Africa team as being like the best team that was in the to- in in the tournament, and because they've won it. But they were outplayed by England. They're outplayed by Ireland. They lost to New Zealand in the first game. Is that right?
1: No, they lost to Ireland. But in fairness... They lost to Ireland. They, but in fairness, they probably would have beaten Ireland if they had someone who could kick. If Paul had played that game in the group stages, they would have beaten
0: them. Yeah, but New Zealand would have won if they, they had lost the final if uh, they had someone who could kick. They would have lost to England if they, England had someone yeah, who could kick. yeah. They would yeah. have lost to France if France had someone who could kick.
1: That...
0: You can't. You can't just.
1: No, 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 no. I know. No. I mean, let's let's be brutal. I don't think they. Was, I, I
0: think team. they were far from the best team. They had the best scrum in the tournament. but I don't think they were the best team in the yeah. tournament. I mean, uh, yeah, but the, I mean, the, 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 then that's a can of worms, isn't it? Because state of some of their scrums, I just think they've, they've they're like Kaiser Soze, aren't they? Just convinced the world that they, yeah, they're, they're scrumming, scrummaging at a, an angle well, doesn't exist. It's
1: it's. We talked at length when we recorded a couple of weeks ago after the um the quarterfinal, the island um New Zealand quarterfinal. Yeah, that's right, isn't it? Ireland New Zealand, New Zealand yeah. quarterfinal, yeah, because Ireland Where got
0: knocked out in the quarterfinal.
1: That, yeah, they did, yeah. I mean, that was probably the biggest <laughs> uh, biggest you know, smiler for this whole tournament, but yeah, um, I mean, you could put a bat on that, you probably would have got really really short odds, even though that they were self favorites in their own lunchbox. Um, Ireland going out in the quarterfinals is like death and taxes, right?
0: Yeah, so, yeah.
1: Um, but Barnsley actually refereed Andrew Porter properly in that match. And as we spoke about with our, you know, scrummaging expert, Elkins, Ox and Che had Carl Sinclair on toast from the minute he came on, um, or from the minute Sinclair came on, that, w- that was evident. Um, but that final that final scrum where uh is it Vincent Cock? Was it Cock? It was Cock, wasn't it? The anger, you know, they talk you can watch that clip over and over again. Genj gets up off his knee at the set, and all Cock does is turn his ass out and bore in. And it takes ages for um O'Keefe to give the penalty. It takes ages. When he saw if he saw Genji's knee there at it, it, the set, then why not just give the penalty straight away? Or why not give a penalty yeah. straight away? He doesn't. He waits for it to start moving inside because he then has a, an excuse. I just find it I find it absolutely baffling. I find it, it baffling it that he refereed South Africa in three extremely high profile and again, I'm not saying in any way is this rigged or biased. I just think he's fucking rubbish.
0: You shouldn't be refereed. Like, it would make sense you don't referee two quarterfinal or two games in the knockout series for the in same a row team. for
1: the same team. Yeah.
0: yeah, yeah. But that um, it was interesting that the, the New Zealand scrum were basically on on a parity with the South African scrum for much of that game. A lot of the scrums are very still.
1: Yeah,
0: and they look very square. I think they. You know, I think South Africa obviously took some lessons from that England game and were like, we need to be a bit more careful well, here.
1: And because the because of the way that we've Wayne been Barnes, found out, <laughs> and and that the way that Wayne Barnes refereed Andrew Porter,
0: yeah, yeah, because because it's that's exactly
1: the, what Vintercock Co- did.
0: They're, they're obviously looking for that angle. They've found it. They've found Ireland out on it, and the chances are they'll find us out on it.
1: Yeah. So. or well, they won't find us out on anything because our scrummaging is a fucking abomination. The last thing we want is is a scrum, yet we keep kicking the ball expecting people to knock it on. It's a great tactic. Um, But we sit here at the end of the World Cup with South Africa as champions, which you probably could have predicted pre-tournament. New Zealand arguably playing the best rugby um, throughout the tournament. And like we've already said, Ireland losing the quarterfinals, so you know it's, it's a win. England, the best team in the Northern Hemisphere, which triggered lots of people on on the twit- <laughs> on the on the, twi- on the twitters. Honestly, it's so easy to wind these people up. It's a joke.
0: Yeah, oh, it's absolutely um, well. Try- we're certainly not the best team in the Northern Hemisphere. That that is uh, that well, is not. You,
1: you could argue. You could bad. argue. You know, third in the World Cup.
0: You can argue I mean, anything, Russ. You can argue, you can argue Portugal are the best team in Europe.
1: Depends what your defining criteria is.
0: Well, exactly. But it is an indisputable fact that you can argue it.
1: Well, you probably could. <laughs> I, but you would. You
0: would. You, I, I probably would, yeah. You would
1: argue yeah. anything.
0: Um, yeah. Arguably, you could say that I would argue that. Yeah. Um, I don't think a lot's changed, has it? I think that the, the we're roughly where we were at the end of the twenty nineteen World Cup. Except with yeah. a lot more butthurt Irishmen. Um which I'm all for. Yeah.
1: I just nothing pleases me more. The only the only way this could have got any better is with a with a New Zealand victory in that final. If 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 Geordie Barrett slotted that penalty with five minutes to go, whatever it was, and New Zealand had run out winners, it would have been nigh on nigh on perfect. Nobody expected England to do anything. We got to a semi-final; that'll do. Um, South Africa lose in the final to New Zealand after giving it massive licks, and uh, as we mentioned, Ireland go out in the quarterfinals. That would have been about. As I a mean, good, I'm, good at I'm very
0: track. much of the. You 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 probably haven't. Well, I'm very much of the JB script where I I wanted England to fail so that there would be a.
1: Wholesale
0: change We have a long hard look at ourselves and work out what we're doing wrong and where the, the the biggest complaint I've got from all this is that you finish a rugby world cup and everyone goes, Oh, isn't rugby great? Look how look how great rugby is. And um a rugby world cup papers over the cracks in the game mm-hmm. and you look at you look at the premiership and and rugby outside of the World Cup and it's not in a good place and you've got bodies that are sort of in opposition to each other. World rugby don't seem to be interested in anything other than sort of world rugby's bank balance. Um, The premiership are only interested in the premiership. There's no sort of group think about the game and uh that that's a long term problem if it if it gets to be long term but uh i th- i think um there are lot there are there are problems that, that are papered over by by this world cup and um i don't think it will take long for them to emerge again
1: what across world rugby, or specifically towards the yeah, world? I just I just England. think
0: that you know you've got an international game that's only interested in in itself. So, but the, but then you've got so world rugby is a is a profit making organization, right? Yeah, and and they don't have any sort of connection to club game the club game anywhere, or they've got no interest in sort of helping the club game survive or or developing it. They're just interested in, right, what can World Rugby do to make World Rugby more relevant? Which is why we've got this World League coming in, as has been sort of widely sort of documented elsewhere, that that, that is basically being created because World Rugby don't own any of these regional tournaments. So it's like a land grab for World Rugby. What I don't see... I just don't see the benefit to that. In fact, I just see a de- like a net loss because they, what they'll say is, oh, well, we're, we're developing the game because it's a promotion and relegation. But you read between the lines and that's not really the case. And it sort of just weakens the Six Nations because there's more of those games going to be happening because of the way they get this World League structured. So those games become less sort of relevant, which weakens the unions, which means they weaken... They, they they have less, will have less eventually to distribute to the clubs. The clubs will have less to pay players. The players won't have any jobs. There'll be less rugby players. There'll be less clubs. And the cycle will, will, will continue. It's
1: an ever-eroding... It's an ever-eroding... It consequence isn't it it's it's almost eating its yeah i mean if, if you're six
0: if you're the six nations all you've got is the six nations if, i don't know how it's got to this position where the game's just so badly regulated that every single competition like the premiership wants to keep its players away from the internationals because the premiership all the players are provided by the premiership and they're like well why are we weakening our tournament for you to go and make a load of money give us our players back we don't want to release them for all these camps The RFU are going, well, we need our players because that pays for us to fund the championship, which is our tournament. So give us your players. But they're also saying, well, we can't afford to fund that because that doesn't make any money. So we're not going to give you any money. But then you've got World Rugby going. Well, actually, we run the international game. and I know your union... I've got the six nations, and you're part of that, and you get the money from that, but we don't really sanction that, so we want you to play in this, but we can't get the players to play in that because the premiership want them. So it's like it's it's just madness. So you look at you can say what you like about football, but there's FIFA at the top, then there's UEFA, CONCACAF, and all those regions, and those regions govern the FAs, and the FAs govern the leagues, and it's like a pyramid structure with governance, whereas rugby is just like. Loads of different dudes going, I want my money
1: Swing, swinging dicks, and swinging dicks left, right, yeah,
0: center. madness. Uh, you know, um, the trouble is it, that it's...
1: can't change, mate. That can't change because the people at each level would have to accept the people above them for it to work. Obviously, the structure of football has existed for quite a considerable amount of time. The minute somebody would try to do that what with happens, rugby, so the greater good of rugby. They would just go no because where where's my slice of the pie and they don't they don't get it.
0: What happens right? Bill Beaumont's head of world rugby is like need to build my part up here. I'm head of world rugby, but the head of the Six Nations is going well. I'm head of Six Nations. That's the biggest rugby tournament in the world, so I don't really care about you, Bill Beaumont. It's it's and they're like well, we're playing here, and we're going to play it during the Premiership. We don't give a fuck about your world calendar. We don't give any any semblance of credence to any argument you may have about a global calendar. The Six Nations is here and we play it here. And then you've got the European Cup that's run by a completely different body, yeah. ERC. They have no connection to the Premiership, the RFU, nothing. They're just a it's just a competition that's just gone. Oh, we'll do that. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like I just Yeah, it's just madness. It's it is absolute madness. madness the way it's called. And it makes it absolutely all
1: it will blow up, definitely. Yeah. But I like the way that, you know, we we predicted well for quite some time we've been predicting the the demise of world rugby and at various levels. There has yeah. to. It, it, there is a ticking time bomb where people will just go, not just supporters, but clubs will go out of business, which they've started doing. So we've lost three Premiership clubs, and I'll add to ten teams
0: quarter a quarter of the league.
1: Yeah, a quarter of the league, quarter yeah. of
0: the league, just gone. And they and and the Premiership, the, the remaining clubs are so interested in self preservation that they've gone. Meh, we're fine with that.
1: Yeah, we'll 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 survive. We're doing all right. We'll move on. Imagine if.
0: You imagine if five clubs in the premiership football went out of business. Premiership ain't stopping playing games. They're going to promote five clubs immediately. Tomorrow, yeah. they'd be in the Premier League. Yeah.
1: Because it's the premier product. It's what yeah. we need to do to survive.
0: But these yeah. these nine geezers are like, eh, whatever. More for us. Then you,
1: yeah.
0: And then on the, on the flip The interesting side thing like, will be the interesting thing will be, Russ, the TV deals up at the end of this year. Then we'll find out where we are as a as a sport because TNT are the only game in town at the moment. They ain't getting, They you. ain't paying. They, no ain't, bucks. they ain't paying more for it. No. They ain't going to pay more for it. So, in
1: fact, I would. Yeah. I would. I would suggest, mate, that they they ain't even going to pay the same for it.
0: Yeah, yeah, I'd, I'd agree with that. But the crux of the issue is us. Eddie Stevens talks a load of shit,
1: Fair. but. In his defence, right? In his defence, that is one of the most phenomenal Lloyd Grossman impersonations that I have ever heard in my entire life. Uh, I'd love him to to talk about some sort of tomato ragu sauce.
0: Yeah. um, I do hope he takes this in the spirit it's intended. If not, I don't give a fuck. But I would like him to come on whenever we do another podcast and just be Lloyd Grossman for the entire show.
1: Well, I think um, there, there is, there is, you know, without wanting to steal Eddie thunder, I think apparently he's got a bit of a milestone coming up. So maybe yeah. you know, if he can facilitate an invitation into his shed, I, I, after hearing, after hearing what he gets up to, I would love nothing more than to organize a trip to Albuquerque, New Mexico. And, you know, find a find a way to, to spend a few days in Albuquerque because I can imagine it and open a few eyes.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: I mean I've seen some things and I've been to some places, yeah. but Albuquerque, New Mexico strikes me as a place that I would never have seen before.
0: I'm Vicky Fleetwood and you're listening to the Mallover Rugby Podcast.
1: So off the back of all that world rugby uh, chat, mate, where do you see where do you see England going from here with Tall Eddie, um, with this Lewis, what's his face, coming from South Africa? What do you see the future holding for, for England and all the, the retirees?
0: I, I I think England will be, they're, they're, they're pretty much going to be in a state of stasis until the old guard goes. And by the old guard, I mean Owen Farrell, um, Elliot Daly, Mahler, Marla's Um, gone,
1: right? Marla's going, right?
0: Maybe, maybe. Um, I I just think the time is right for a complete rebuild. Yeah. We said it, when did I say it? I think we said it pre-2019. Maybe it was in between. When Eddie was like, we were losing... But we we're picking basically the same team that played twenty nineteen. It's like, why are we doing this? Like, we could lose by blooding a load of new players. Yeah, I think the time is right. I mean, how old is Farrell now? Just uh, thirty two. Thirty two. So he's not realistically, he's not going to be at the next World Cup, right?
1: No, because he's not. No, I mean, no, it, no he's he, not. No, be, he's not because. For the last f- however many years, Ireland have had absolutely. People can say what they like about Johnny Sexton, right? I don't think he is as good of a player. He's a like a system quarterback, right? They've yeah. they've created a system around him because they have had absolutely shit all to take over from him. Yeah. So they so they found a way to play with him and and. Don't get me wrong, he's been very, very good at it and he has been very effective outside of World Cups. Um but Ireland have had no tens pushing him. A bit like, you know, Alan Wynne Jones in the second row for Wales. If if yeah. they had any decent second second rows in Wales, Alan Wynne Jones would have won seventy caps, not three hundred and twenty. Yeah. So I don't I, see I Farrell think, playing to the next World Cup.
0: I think this team has gone as far as it can go with Owen Farrell. We weren't good enough to win in 2019 when he was a younger, fitter, quicker man. We're not going to be in any better position to win in 27 with a 36-year-old Owen Farrell. We've got players like Finn Smith, um, the young lad at Gloucester. You know, We've, we've got a crop of young 10s that can look to do a job going forward but we need to find out which one of them can stand up and actually do it Yeah. Um, now's the time to, to make that change it won't happen and I can see us going into the next World Cup with Farrell I could see us going into the next World Cup with the same debate about Ford Farrell
1: with two 36 year old tens
0: yeah I could see Manu's still being there.
1: Nah, Manu's done. How old's he? Uh, I will find I out. I don't think he's, he's much even...
0: older than Farrell, is he? No,
1: but I just don't, I don't think physically he'll get there. I just don't think, I don't think he will. He's 32 as well.
0: Right. So, are we going to go into the next World Cup with a bunch of 36-year-olds? Or are we going to go into the next World Cup and accept, well, maybe we we haven't got a team that can... Is ready to win, but we're looking at we we're, we're looking at further down the road now. You know it's it, it, it's pro sport, so no coach is going to wage wager their job on building for the future because they might not have a future in the job. So I can see the next two or three years just being a wasted, futile, might scrape a Six Nations, you know. Wasting a couple of years. Farrell retires in two years.
1: Yeah, it picks up a few more unnecessary caps.
0: Yeah. Um, we've got to find a front row. Yeah. We've got to find a front row. And whether or not that means going to South Africa, going to the well in South Africa and getting someone over and qualifying them up and, you know, biting the bullet. But we've just got to go, find a front row.
1: Just go and find six absolute behemoths.
0: It's just from, mutants that you just from, say, Ben O'Reilly, from, from, from Bluffontein. Yeah, I don't care if you can do a behind-the-back pass. Just yeah. bend over and push. <laughs> That's all I want you and to eat some, do. I eat some fucking pies while you're doing <laughs> it, um, as well
1: as some toast.
0: Yeah, um, we can't keep going into rugby matches where our our, our outside centre doesn't touch the ball.
1: So here's here's a question. So Ben, used this by Scottish Cornish Rugby Podcasting, made a comment. I'm watching the World Cup final. Which says. What England need, amongst lots of other things, is a Geordie Barrett centre. A fucking big lump that can actually play rugby.
0: Well, without without wanting to disparage Ben, because he is a lovely bloke, that's a fucking stupid thing to say, isn't it? Right. What England could do with is a world class twelve. You know what every every team in the world could do with a world class twelve.
1: I've I've got half an idea about that though.
0: What we could do is is, world-class players in every position.
1: Jordy Barrett played quite a lot of rugby at fullback, right? Yeah. Played rugby at fullback. Why can't Freddie Stewart play
0: 12? Why can't Ellis Genge, a bloke who over a number of years has demonstrated he can't bend over and push well enough. But has demonstrated he can run like an absolute mutant into people and inflict grievous bodily harm just by running. Yeah. Why can't Ben yeah. Earl? Why do we keep forcing these people? These why are all our best athletes put in the pack?
1: Yeah. Okay, fair enough. I'll tell you, sorry, just, just going back just going back on, on something. Um did did you watch Friday night? Did you watch the bronze medal match?
0: Um sorry, what? Did, did I you, did I watch a, a a bronze medal? No, of course I didn't watch a bronze medal match.
1: What what that match demonstrated, right? From what I watched, and having had to drive back from fucking Bedford on a Friday of half term, and spend two and a half hours sat between the Almondsbury Interchange and the Avonmouth Bridge, those who know will be well aware of that. Is um, fucking hell. Sam Underhill. Like I know his head's made of marshmallow and you know he, his injury record isn't is not great. Twenty-seven years old was phenomenal. Probably our best open side.
0: But he's he was our best he was our best flanker in twenty nineteen. He was our but best player but, in twenty nineteen. But
1: yeah, he still he didn't make the initial squad, flew out there because Willis got injured, and then put in pretty much a man of the match performance in the in the the
0: last... I don't get it either, mate. I don't get it either. Mate, so, so. Anyway,
1: sorry, I've, I... I've digressed there a little bit, but... That's what you know, I think is the one,
0: selection you? policy. <laughs>
1: but, yeah. What, a real chubby, um, stubby little finger? Yeah.
0: It just... <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what the answer is, mate. Well, I do know what the answer is. It's get three fucking massive... Well, six massive blokes who can push well Yeah. better than any of the other Six blokes can push, and we need a we need, need a 10 who's better. We need a 10 who's an out and out 10, not a you know, what is it? Roy Keane said about um players who are good in the dressing room, What's <laughs> What's he he tell, to
1: tell jokes, yeah. No,
0: I, I is that I will, what I was doing? Is it is I, will, he telling jokes?
1: I will argue that Farrell... he's, the,
0: he's the he's the worst in fly half for any of the top eight teams go through them Russ uh, South Africa Pollard
1: okay Pollard
0: or Libox is not as good as either of them
1: yeah
0: he's not as good as Richard Mwanga he's certainly no. not as good as um, D-Mac no so there's four we've only got through two teams he's not as good as Intamak.
1: no he's probably not as good as Jalab.
0: as Jalabert Jallab- yeah. He's probably as good as Sexton. He's not oh, as yeah. good as Finn Russell.
1: He's as good as... but No, so, so I would argue that I think Finn Russell is criminally overrated.
0: Right, it depends criminally what you want at 10. I want, I want someone that's going to do stuff at 10, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, want I someone think, think going to pump the ball away.
1: I think, I think you need... He's to like,
0: cover, you, know, you remember the Sabutio corner over. takers?
1: <laughs> yeah. like
0: someone's just stood above him, like, pressing his head.
1: Yeah, with with Owen Farrell at 10, you quite literally play 10-man rugby that's what you do because yeah if Joe Marchant played I don't know how many games Joe Marchant played outside Owen Farrell in this world cup but I'd like to see his minutes to touch ratio um through the difference you between... might as well
0: have had John Lawrence <laughs> playing at 13
1: <laughs> but he had trials of London Irish mate so let's let's not <laughs> fucking forget that
0: um
1: and let let's not forget like poor fucking Henry Arundel right he plays sixty minutes in the third place playoff match, does not get the ball passed to him by a single England player, right? He makes one catch and kick, albeit a shit kick, then gets hooked for Ollie Lawrence, just so Joe Martin can go on the wing, and we have three tens on the pitch. <laughs> like we it was quite clear. I'd
0: love to know, like I'd it love, was just quite love clear. to know what they're watching. Yeah.
1: It was quite clear in that in that scenario that uh, yeah this maybe this Smith at fullback experiment for the last one it's it's not it's not worked right, but actually Arundel actually play fullback and according to London Irish and you know he's pretty yeah. good at it, so let's stick him there. We'll, we'll bring Lawrence on. We'll stick Marchant at the wing, but we'll take Smith off or we'll take Farrell off because he's done fuck all other than kick goals. Yeah, people will say. Oh, yeah, but he was a top point scorer in the whole of the World Cup. And he missed the first two games. But all he did was kick the ball. Didn't yeah. didn't do anything
0: else. I, I, I don't know why... Well, I do know why money is why he's not retiring. Because he knows if he wants to be there, he'll play in the next World Cup. Yeah. And that's... What is it? Thirty grand a game for England? Yeah, I'll ten be times a to, year. Be interested
1: to see who who's fucking um coach by that time though. Can't see Tall Eddy still being the coach in twenty twenty seven. Surely oh,
0: okay.
1: four more years. I just of... want to
0: know what. I I just sit. I would sit down, very Farrell, and say, Do you think you'll be available for the next World Cup? Are you in a position to say, Yes, I will be at the next World Cup? If so, why do you think a World Cup 16 years after your first will be the one where you actually get us over the hump? What do you think you'll do differently to get us over the hump? Because from what I've seen, in two World Cups, we've struggled to score points. Yep. The last four years, we've barely scored a try in in proper test match rugby. Yep. And what is the common denominator? Well, it's, it's you I mean.
1: Yes, it is successive uh, coaches,
0: successive attack coaches, different combinations at centre, different packs. The one thing that's been constant through the last 12 years of England rugby has been Owen Farrell. We've not been good enough to win anything.
1: No, but we had absolutely... six
0: nations here yeah. and there, but in fairness, those six nations we had when we had success in the six nations, it was Dylan Hartley that was captain. Yeah. So for all the talk of him being this amazing captain, yeah, he's captain at Saracens, he's won a shitload of stuff at Saracens, but they were the Harlem Globetrotters. They won fuck all since that's all been broken up. Yeah. I don't know, like People all, all make a, make as many as excuses for him as they can, and he has been a you know he has had his moments of being a, a, a good player, but the same same shit that we went through I, the England football team. I think that yeah. until you until you throw away something that hasn't worked for a very long time and stop just expecting it to work, you never know what you've got.
1: Ford and Farrell as long term. Football fans, Ford and Farrell stinks of um, Gerald and Lampard, doesn't it? Always has that.
0: Gerald and Gerald Gerald Lampard keeping Paul skulls out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. what they're doing at the moment,
1: or shoehorning Paul skulls into the left midfield.
0: Are you telling me that we wouldn't have got to the World Cup semi final if Marcus Smith had, had started every game? Um, no, I'm not saying
1: that. Well, not, not saying but What that. we've done is we've spent
0: four years stifling the development of one of the most talented players England have produced since two thousand and three.
1: <laughs> yeah, and then ironically gone back to George Ford at the last minute, where we probably could have had yeah. George Ford all along, or because you know I think George George Ford potentially provides the best balance between Owen Farrell and Marcus Smith. Yeah, as a player. I think he provides the the kick in Nelson experience versus the the maverick c space able to create place um but even George Ford you can see is and has been stifled through game plan and the minute you step foot outside of that, you know you kind of pay the price a little bit and it's yeah we've got so many yeah. talented youngsters.
0: None of them as, will get a shot. None, none as, of them are going to get a shot.
1: As you've already said, the the cutthroat nature of professional sport will mean that no one's willing to.
0: No one's going throw to put it their rip it all up and start again. Their, yeah, they're not going to put their job on the line to develop a player that they might not be coaching. Yeah. Because they want to keep their job. And,
1: and the irony. No, is... one's to, no
0: one's going to really question you if you if you pick Owen Farrell for the next two years.
1: And the, and the irony of that is every – I bet you could ask 100 England rugby fans across the country, and 99 of them will say, yeah, I'd support that. I'd support ripping it up and starting again. Yeah. Right back to the bare bones. Yeah. Go, you know what? We're going to rip it up. We're going to start again. And, yeah, we're going to lose Probably, – we're probably going to lose quite a lot of matches, but we're going to lose with a plan of development – for the next World Cup. That's just it. I don't, I don't think team. we will
0: lose because I, I think when if you demonstrate to those young players that you, you've you bought in and give them their, give them a little bit of backing and, and actually make a, or come up with a way of playing that actually suits those players. Yeah. It, it's they'll great. pay you back. I mean, look at Saints. Saints went, uh, Saints have done exactly this with, and yes, they're not winning um, competitions, but they're playing amazing rugby. They've given Finn Smith the opportunity to go out there and they've, they've had one of the best fly halves you could have at premiership level in Dan Bigger. And they've gone, no, yes, it may be financially motivated, but they've given this lad the team and said, it's yours.
1: Can I, can I
0: suggest... Because yeah. all that Marcus Smith has had for the last four years is doubt.
1: Yeah, and mm-hmm. Owen, either Owen Farrell with the sword of Damocles hanging over his head, or Owen yeah. Farrell playing outside of at twelve. I've got to show. play
0: out of my skin, or they're going to hook me and put Owen Farrell. Can, back I, in.
1: can I suggest that France, if you look at France, 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 all they have done that is this is exactly what they've done. They have mud. They basically ripped it up and started again.
0: With yeah, yeah, they Louis had that do to Samac. our team that yeah, after twenty fifteen, and and they just yeah. went. We're going to have a little bit of a struggle, and we're going to. And they located it you know, it.
1: and it made a lot of difference because they located players and, and they discovered and they gave people a go. So they had like the back row of Aldrete and um oh god, my mind's gone blank now, but they're oh god, why can't I think of the um the six and the seven? Fuck's sake, mine's gone blank. But they had but but in behind that, they they discovered the likes of Gelonch and and others, but they had. Untamac and Dupont and Jalibert and Ramos and Villiers and the guy that played, the Villiers didn't even play in the World Cup. And um God, Penno right? And they basically just went, the only guy that survived out of that 2015 World Cup squad, I think was probably Fiku, wasn't it? Like in the backs. Mm. Fiku stuck yeah. around for a little while. um yeah. But Fico evolved Fiku Fico evolved his game. To be much better and, and having those oh, youngsters yeah, around him, Viku turned it's into a world class center. Danny he went from Care being is not average
0: world-class. to Danny be Care a world class scrum half and he's played in his fifth world cup.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Is it five? Uh four. Yeah, he didn't go to twenty nineteen, did he? So it could have been five World Cups. I'm not having these in the top five scrum halves in England. The fear The fear of trying something different stifling this England team
1: but that's the RFU way isn't it that's all that's all like the the suits and the the Bill Sweeney's of this fucking world it's just the the old man way and unfortunately until the next generation are able to take over through whatever means it's a it's a long way away and and, and English rugby might well be dead by then anyway so
0: we can hope. Should we do some AOB and
1: yeah, let's 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 have a chat about something else and get the shit out of here.
0: Um, go on, you go first.
1: Well, no, you go first. You were gonna ask, oh, yeah. ask me a question, you were gonna ask me a question, were
0: not you? Well, I was gonna gonna ask you how you feel about uh Tottenham. It's the hope that kills you, isn't it?
1: Ah, uh, always, right?
0: That's, but... what, that's what me and uh, one of the rugby brethren were saying at our dinner.
1: But as as a but as a Tottenham fan, right? I haven't all of the hope has has been beaten out of me for quite a considerable well all my life. Given the fact that we've won two trophies in the forty-one years that I've been well, no, that's wrong. In the in the forty-one years I've been on the planet, we've won four or five trophies um, since I've been supporting them since nineteen ninety-one. And it was the the cup final, the Gaza Cup final, ninety one, Lineker penalty, Nottingham Forest. That was when my Tottenham allegiance first started. Um, call me a glory hunter if you wish, but that's that's where I am. <laughs> and um, you know what? Like, it's not about it's not about the success. What I like more than anything, and you talk about coaches, and you talk about honesty, and you talk about, you know, you, you never know what goes on behind closed doors with these people, but. I've watched countless now press conferences with this Poster Coglu. And I can't say I was a particularly a fan of his when we appointed him. Didn't know much about him, knew what he did well with Celtic, but I reckon I could manage Celtic to a um, Scottish Premier League title. So, you know, he didn't come with a glowing reference. But the more I hear from him, the, the more I see him talk, I've watched him clips at fans forums, I've watched clips at interviews. And he... And he seems to have uh, this this ethos of, well, you do, if you work hard and you have the right attitude and you try to win football matches, logic would dictate you will come out on the right, and you've got good enough players, you will come out on the better side of results more often than not. And I'm a firm believer in any sport, you've got to go out there to win and a bit like england rugby right antonio conte um jose Mourinho's style of football is well first of all we're not going to lose so let's let's go out there with a we're not going to lose mentality and then we'll see whether we can nick it whereas actually i my thought on sport is well if you're not going to try and win what's the fucking point you have to try and win to, to win rugby matches or to win football matches, you've got to score goals. Yes, you, there are different ways to score points in rugby, but you get the maximum amount of points to score in a try, right? It's all very well getting down into the, into the 22 and kicking goals and getting three points, brilliant. But if the other team are getting the ball and going at the other end and scoring five points every time, you're not going to win. So when it comes to football, if you're playing attacking progressive football, That doesn't necessarily mean you're going to leave yourself vulnerable at the back all the time. It just means when you get the ball, you're looking to go forward and do something with it. The amount of times over the last three years I've watched Tottenham and they've just gone, what I like to call the David Batty approach, which is sideways and backwards. If you want, for those of you that remember David Batty as a footballer, David Batty is sideways and backwards.
0: It's It's how United won God knows how many trophies. They'd They can see teams and they try to win. Progressive. It's how Arsenal are playing. It's how City play. It's how Spurs are playing. It's not how United are playing at the moment. No. Much to my sugar. But um, yeah, I I think it's good. I'd I'd love Tottenham to win the league if it's not United, just because it'd be funny if they won it before Arsenal.
1: It it would be absolutely delicious. Um, But I'm under no illusions that being, you know... Oh, you're definitely going
0: to fuck it up. Of course we will. And
1: we will, fuck. and we will lose, we will we'll lose a game. And the interesting thing will be the reaction after uh, when we lose and the reaction as to say, right, what happens, what happens now? And keeping on with that, the, the biggest test for any coach, the biggest test for any team is can you keep your same ethos when things aren't going your way. And they've had a lot of things go their way, right? And there's no, there's make no bones about that. The Liverpool thing and, you know, different bits and pieces that have gone their way. Um, but they've also had a bit of shit. How do you, how do you bank bounce back from adversity? If you can stand by your principles and be confident in that, when it's all crashing down around your ears, that'll be the mark of a of a team. They're still light as a squad. Um, which will ho- hopefully be addressed, you know, over the coming months. But other than that, it's just nice to see, watch your team and be excited. But it's nice to watch your team and be excited about watching a play because I'd given up on them. I couldn't even watch them. Couldn't even watch it because yeah. it was just so dying. I
0: I'd, In any sport, I'd rather lose trying to win yeah, than lose, lose, try not to lose.
1: <laughs> it just, that it makes sense. no sense. Yeah, of course it does because, if you're not trying to win, right? And if you if your if your whole game plan is oh well we're gonna sit really deep and we're gonna we're gonna soak it all up and then try and hit you on the break, if you haven't got the players that are good enough to soak that up, then you you're just gonna concede goals and lose. Which is what has happened to Tottenham yeah. for the last three years. When Mourinho took over and did that at Chelsea, everyone thinks, oh, Mourinho had this brilliant attacking free flowing football. He didn't. He played exactly the same football. He just had much better players. And he tried to do yeah, the same at United. He and he, you know, he had, when he did it at Chelsea, he had the likes of um, John Terry. He had Petacek. He had Paulo Ferreira. He had Ricardo Cavalho. He had the, he got Drogba. He had, you know, even the likes of Ida Johnson Johnson and, and these people he picked up. He played like Claude McAley just broke broke things up. He was he was the original guy at doing that. Essie, yeah, he went, went from
0: Macaulay to Balak to Yeah. John O. B. McHale. Yeah.
1: But you've got to win. You've got to try and win matches, right? And if if your if your ethos is win by trying not to lose, then I th- I just think it's fundamentally flawed. Unless you've got the best players. Yeah. Yeah. So
0: um, um, go I've on. got two quick things, and I'll let, I'll let you go. Um, have you watched the Jimmy Savile document, uh, D- Jimmy Savile documentary, the J- the Jimmy Savile drama with um, Oh with Dugan. Alan Partridge in
1: it? Yeah, no, I've yeah. heard it's really good, but I, I didn't. It's very, it. very
0: good. I, I, I'd highly recommend it. Um, yeah, just just a lot of fun. Yeah, uh, and well, not not for the victims. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they're already dead. Mostly. Um, the, the the last thing I'll, I'm going to leave you on this one is, I've I've um. My cricket club here. I'm I'm social secretary now, but I'm also one of the match day captains. Ooh. I've got a group of like three or four guys who well, it's three that um are going to captain on match days because none of us can make all of the games. So in order, in in, in honor of this this uh. This momentous occasion, I've I've decided to order myself um a baggy cap in my team's colours. But from the same people that make the Australian baggy caps. Right. I'm not going to tell you how much they are, because Martu's sat around the corner. But they're pretty punchy. And uh it's gonna take them fifty six days to make it.
1: I will, yeah, I'd hope so. At least they're they're like handmade. I don't. I don't know. Sorry. At least they're making it bespoke. It's not just.
0: Yeah, And it comes in like a velvet bag.
1: Oh, mate, I fucking wear the velvet. It might be
0: the most. It might be the most gauche thing I've ever purchased in my life. Can, I'm, can I'm we? Can
1: we resolve? It. I know. You know. I know. We went with the moi. Hey, we if we you can get to, up
0: here for a game. Um,
1: I'd love to have a game of cricket for whoever it is that you play for the little Miss and the Misfits the little miss and Misfits on a Sunday afternoon or whenever it, yeah. is it a Sunday afternoon village green yeah. type of uh yeah I would love to to come yeah. and have a little knock on a Sunday and yeah we'll definitely golf in the
0: morning we'll cricket in, in, the, in the afternoon we still do teas it's oh, it's great love a tea yeah love a tea. mate the the captain the captain's chairman match last year there was a full roast beef joint and and a full a full salmon like poached salmon.
1: I mean, I'll pass on the salmon.
0: Home, uh, homemade scones, the lot. It was unreal. It's unreal.
1: That is amazing. And, um, you know, I can only imagine what yeah. Lloyd, Lloyd Grocer would would make of it all. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, mate, Hi, it, was mate. Lot, it was a lot of fun. Great to catch up. And, uh, yeah, you know, maybe we should, maybe, we'll do, it again soon. maybe we should just do a, Ever so often, two hander, two hander. Um, chat about maybe we don't
0: even talk about rugby, mate. We've spoken about that for a long time,
1: yeah. You know, we'll see. Maybe, maybe we will. Maybe we'll just come
0: watching any premiership rugby that I'm not working on,
1: mate. Um, I now I am no longer employed by the people that did or did not make that particular channel. I don't pay for it, so uh, I'm out, right.
0: Anyway, go well. Speak soon. Nice one. Cheers, bud. Bye bye, bye.
1: Sports Social Podcast Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty